the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Thanks for joining us on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Bruce Hooley and Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management with you to talk about the markets, the volatility, and how bad is it going to get? We know that all of you are concerned. I'm concerned. And it makes sense to be concerned, but it also makes a lot of sense to have a professional, somebody who has been through this before, somebody who has a plan, somebody who understands all the nuances, and that is definitely Josh Pick and the Aptus Retirement Blueprint team. So go to Aptus Wealth Management, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Wealth Management. There'll be a link there for Josh's YouTube channel, but you'll find a lot of useful information there. And the most useful information is to get your free consultation. Ask all the questions you want to ask. They have the uh, answers for you, and they'll help you understand what's going on in the markets right now, because it is definitely, definitely a very volatile time. Their phone number is 614-917-1040. They're located on just off Route 750 a little bit north of the 23270 interchange. And don't worry, if you're not in the Columbus area, they do a lot of their consultations and have a lot of clients who do their business remotely. So, Josh, here's a couple headlines for you as we start this edition of the show. Uh, CNN Business, Dow on track for its worst month since March of 2020. CNBC says Fed's preferred gauge shows inflation accelerated even more than expected in August. So with that merry introduction, (laughs) welcome to the show. And I would imagine that you're experiencing from your clients some degree of help. What does all this mean? Yeah, the questions just keep on piling in. You know, how bad is it going to get? What do we do? Is it time to go to cash? What What should we do? Um, and I think in times like these, while we can't ignore the fact that our emotions can't get the best of us, and we understand, you know, I've had conversations with people ranging from, you know, PhDs of finance at universities mm-hmm. all the way to, you know, just general laborers uh, and everybody in between. And I, I think when you get a range like that and you say, well, it's not just the people who don't know about the market. It's people who know about the market. They know what they should be doing. But you can't ignore the emotions that are affect- that are affecting your money decisions. So I think it's important to give some historical perspective because I hear oftentimes this time is different. This time, we've never seen inflationary times like this before. We've never seen the Fed have to deal with what that you'll, you'll start hearing these headlines like the Fed has backed themselves into a corner. Mm. I agree with all of these things, by the way. They're all true. And I could tell you a myriad of reasons why I believe that there's a pretty darn good chance that the market will continue to pull back before it gets better. So that's the bad news. So if you're already, the market's down roughly, let's call it 23, 24, 25%, depending upon which day you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're already panicking, no, it could get worse from here. But what does that really mean to you? And I'll give some perspective on first, 
two things. There is a significant difference between your savings and your investments. And what is the difference? Time frame and need. Savings is your, oh, no, didn't see that one coming. I need money. Mm -hmm. So I better have an emergency fund. And we all know the stats there. You know, maybe I want six to 12 months an emergency fund, depending upon your situation, uh, whether you're the primary breadwinner, et cetera, maybe you want more than that. But nevertheless, that is savings. The benefit to savings is it's incredibly liquid. The detriment to it is you don't earn a whole lot. Right. And when it comes to investing, let's look at it in its purest form. If you want to start a business or maybe a restaurant, you sink a million bucks into a restaurant before you ever make a nickel. When do you break even? It takes some time. But why do you do it then? Is it just for the passion of food? Maybe. Or maybe you think that in the long run, this will be a viable cash-generating vehicle that will provide you a passive income for years to come. Mm -hmm. That is investing. The stock market is similar. You're not always going to have good years, but the objective is, what is my long-term performance? So let's look at historically. This time is different. I ran, I found a great article uh, that covers the most impactful crashes in the last hundreds, plural, of years. And to give you a kind of a, a takeaway of how far this goes back, it goes all the way back to the Dutch tulip bulb market bubble of 1637. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I remember. remember that well. Sure. Right. And then, you know, then it got different from there because, you know, these crashes don't happen very often. So then there was the panic of 1819 which was stemming from the collapse of cotton prices. There was a credit contraction, overspeculation on land, commodities, all these different things. And then there was another one, the Panic of 1837, 1857, 1884, 1893. And it seems like, if you look throughout history, about every decade or two... It sounds like about every 20 years. There's a crisis of yeah. some kind. Now, if we look in more recent history, we have Black Monday in 1987 was the worst day in the stock market ever in the history of the market. market went down by north of 20% in one day. It went down by over 30% in one week. And then you look at the dot-com bubble of 2001, 2002, and then you look at what we saw most recently in the financial housing crisis and then in the COVID blip bubble, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah, 2008, was... 2020. So right yeah. there again, we're about a decade apart, decade and a half apart. Happens every time. So in this article, it talks about uh, what if you bought at the worst time in 1999, which was right before the dot-com bubble burst, you bought at the peak. You yep. were the worst investor ever, and you picked <laughs> the worst day to buy. And then you fast forward 20 years later. You ended up averaging about a 6% rate of return, which means your money would have doubled every 12 years. So you started and stopped with over three times what you originally put in. Now, you had to ride those waves of 0102 and 0809. I get it. So you say, I'm smarter than that, and I'm going to go to cash when it gets bad so I can avoid these losses, and then I'm going to buy back in when it starts getting better. If you miss the 10 best days over 20 years, 10 days, 365 days in a year, times 20, and you just miss 10 of them, you cut your return in half. Mm. So you went from six to three. Now, I think we all kind of inherently know this because it's been beaten over our heads throughout the years. But I think in times like these, it's important to revisit those facts and not lose sight of them. Because although we enter into investments saying this is 20-year money, when we have really bad scenarios over the short run, we start saying things like, well, I'm not going to have 20-year money if this continues. Well, you're invested in the stock market, which is not its own living, breathing creature. It's the underlying investments or companies that comprise that. And while the economy can get bad, I just went to Costco this week, and it looks like Christmas over there, both figuratively and literally, yeah, which kind of frustrates me that they're already bringing out Christmas stuff. I couldn't believe it. I was there earlier, too. I'm like, already? 
But does it look like they're really having a hard time with getting shoppers in the doors? Not I mean, to me. Looks like Christmas. Yeah. Could their stock price irrationally fluctuate based upon short-term demand or people coming in and out of the stock? Of course. But do you believe fundamentally that that is going to be a company that will be around in 10, 15, 20 years and will probably be doing better and have more locations? Yes. Can you think of a better place to put your money than companies like that? I really can't. Um, the only other ways that you can really beat the market would involve leverage. Um, but even let's step back and think of things that we feel like they're much safer, like the housing market. Now, we're really hot to trot on the housing market over the last couple of years, but do you remember the conversations that were people are having in 2008, 2009, 2010? They were saying housing is no, you know, your house is no longer an investment. This mm -hmm. is a terrible idea. We got to get out. People sold at the bottom because they said, I can't afford to lose anymore. Um, some by choice, some forced. But really, housing didn't get back to its historical averages until the last couple of years. Prior to that, we were just trying to get back to where we were in 2007. So my point in all of this is, there are some challenges, and I'm not just saying just stay, just hang in there and ignore all the data and don't do anything different. I'm not saying that. Hopefully, we can get to some strategies here later today. But what I am saying is the answer is certainly not go from an investor to a saver and go from in stock market investments that are down 25% potentially and go to cash, which is earning basically nothing. You have to have a better strategy than that. Definitely, and that's what they're all about at Aptus Wealth Management is helping you understand those strategies. And we talk about them here on the show, and you can find the shows archived at Josh's website, Aptus Wealth Management. You can also find them on the 989theanswer.com website and make use of Josh's YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Josh Pick Finance, and those videos will come up. Subscribe, and then you'll always be notified when a new video drops and Josh breaks into small pieces, five, eight, ten minutes at a time, concepts that we talk about here on the show. The show will replay tomorrow at 2 p.m. It airs at 7 p.m. Friday night initially and then 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. And you can get with Josh and his team for a free consultation to get your questions answered by setting that up online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com, or via the phone at Aptus. Uh, Wealth's phone number is 614-917-1040. Here's some numbers on the stock market so far. The Dow is down 5% in the third quarter, now about 20% on the year, lowest level since November 2020. S&P 500 down 8% this month. We are in the last day of September, down about 24% for this year. Uh, that's its worst annual drop since 2008. And the NASDAQ, which is pretty tech-heavy, Slightly up today, Friday, but it's down about 9% this month and down 30% for the year. But as you say, these have happened before. Cyclical, I think, describes the stock market. It really describes every market. It describes the housing market. We have periods, I think we just had one, where prices are unsustainably high. And now uh, maybe it's a terrible time to sell your house because, wow, you got used to it being worth 30% more than you ever imagined. <laughs> now you can't bear the thought of dropping the price 10%. Yeah, I mean, you see this across the board. You see it in gas prices, commodity prices, food prices. Um, things ebb and flow. And then we give averages, and we it's funny how we describe like the increases of prices using averages. Like the inflationary number is a year number. Mm -hmm. It's not a two-week number. But when it comes to the stock market, when it's up, we don't use the week number. We use the annual number. But when it's down, we talk about how much we've lost in the last week, in the last year. We don't talk about the fact that for nine years we were gaining money, for 10 years we were gaining money, and now this is a blip in the radar. And if you've been investing correctly, although you might be down currently, let's look over the last 10 years. How have you done? 
I'm sure if you were pragmatic and you thought about this, you probably use numbers like I'm going to average 8% or something like that over mm-hmm. the next 10 or 20 years. And over the last 10 years, the S&P 500 has averaged something like 13 or 14%, depending upon which time frame you pick. And now it's down. But even including that down, we're back to the historical averages of 7 or 8%. So, you know, you're still on track. It's not time to panic. When it would be time to panic would be if you assumed that you could plan on receiving 14% every single year for the rest of your life, which just isn't simply the way that investing goes, which is why you have to have a little bit more complicated plan than that. You can't just lay out my my investing dollars and hope it gets to the right number. And as long as I have X dollars, I'll be fine. It's a little bit more complicated than that. And I guess the good news is I saw an article that just came out on the 28th of this month from BlackRock, which, you know, people love to hate BlackRock and it is what it is, but they have great analysts. Mm-hmm. And they said that stocks could gain another 11.5% if, in fact, inflation has peaked throughout the end of September. And when they say 11.5%, they're saying over the next 12 months, which would not get us back to even, by the way, but it would be an 11.5% gain. But in the article, they also say they don't think it's going to go up from here, that it's got further to drop, and then it'll start turning around. And then they give their advice on how they believe you should be allocated. And, you know, it might not come as a huge shock to you, but... How they believe you should be allocated is, well, keep your money in the darn stock market and leave it alone. Now, of course, they want to say what their split is between growth and value. And you can make some differences there. And that's the power of professional money management is making some actual decisions on where should we be leaning. For example, if you look at our allocation so far this year, we leaned on the value side of investing because we thought that we didn't know that it would fall this much. But we thought that valuations were getting a little crazy. The tech side of things were getting a little crazy. So let's lean towards value. Well, that has rewarded you pretty handsomely over the last, uh, you know, 10 or 12 months, nine months. But that might not be a lot of solace for people when they come in and I say the stock market's down 23, you're only down seven, high five. Sure. You're still down 7%. Right. But now it might be a time to lean back into growth, which is an awful hard time when the market is down and you're saying time to put our foot maybe on the accelerator a little more. But that's exactly what a lot of people should be doing. I don't know that now is the time. But that time is in the pr- probably the pretty near future. you got to stay the course or inflation is going to chew you to pieces. Well, and as you talked about just a couple of minutes ago, when you try to time the market, you're going to miss the days of the biggest gains. And if you miss the 10 biggest days of gains over that one time period that you cited, you're going to miss out on half the gains over a long period of time. So it's not wise to try to time the market. But I'm sure that a lot of your clients come to you and ask you, how bad is this going to get as if you're, uh, you know, a soothsayer and you can predict that. But the number today that has a lot of investors worried is that inflation in August, according to this index that the Fed looks at, uh, was higher in August than they anticipated it to be. And that's during a time where gas has gone down. And so when you get people who are worried when they are almost maybe trending toward panicked. How do you answer the question, how bad is it going to get? Are we in a recession? Those kinds of things. Because as much as you can talk about patience and diversity and giving the market a chance to come back and regain some of those losses, people are kind of a prisoner of emotion at moments like this. 100%. And how bad can it get and are we in a recession? By old definition, we're in a recession already. Mm Mm-hmm. But that definition seems to be getting rewritten quite often here as of late. So I guess by the current definition, it's debatable as to whether we're in a recession. But in general, what would a recession look like? And then you can tell me if we're in one of those. In a recession, there are 
widespread layoffs amongst companies. Now, while we've seen some layoffs, we're not seeing that kind of panic-stricken mass layoffs that we saw. I mean, think back to 08, 09. Now, that was, that was a recession. Yeah. And we saw horrendous things occurring. Other things that happened during recession, you see, you know, buying and selling your home is going to get a heck of a lot different. Right now, even though we're seeing the, the real estate market soften, I don't think anybody would feel very concerned about being able to sell their home right now. I mean, it might not be the craziness that it's been for the last 12 months where you list your home for 300 grand, it sells for 400 grand, and it sells in 27 minutes. Sure. But we're not, you know, a recession is those time periods where it takes you a year, 18 months, dropping of prices of 10, 15, 20% to sell your house. We're not anywhere close to that right now. Um, what else would a recession typically hold, or how would you fight against a recession? Well, having an emergency fund becomes increasingly important in a recession because, again, people are losing their jobs. They can't sell their home. Stuff is more expensive than they have money to pay for. The stock market's in the toilet. There's not a whole lot of good things to talk about when you're in a recession. And I don't think we're there yet. I, I think we have a panic. I think that we definitely have a retraction of of the stock market, but I just watched a symposium with all of the you know high-level bankers across the country. So think the representative from J.P. Morgan. Think the representative mm-hmm. from you know Huntington Bank all across the country. And they said that, believe it or not, through all of this, although inflation is high and all the, sto- all of the stock market's in the toilet, their average savings account balance at the bank has gone up. So people are not cash-strapped as a whole. And if you're listening to this saying, I don't know who the heck you're talking about because I'm feeling it, and I get it. And it must be difficult, and I apologize for that. But as a whole, across the country, we haven't all felt the pain yet. So to say that we're in a recession yet, I don't necessarily know. But do I think we could get there? I do. So, again, what should you be thinking about? Really start paying attention to the purchases that, you, that you're thinking about buying. Don't overextend yourself. Try and minimize your debt as much as you can through times like these, unless you're a very astute investor and you believe that there's these great opportunities that you can take advantage of. And there will be people that will do that in good times and in bad. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, now is a time to constrain rather than maybe expand. And then make sure that you're just kind of double checking everything. Now's a great time to stress test your retirement plan. Am I in the right spots? If this 25% drop has hurt me that bad, have I done everything I can to educate myself? to know that I'm not going to make a really foolish decision if it does drop another 10. And what would cause that? Work with somebody to help walk you through that process. And then lastly, you know, as we sit here and sometimes we feel helpless, we say, okay, I've done all the right things. I have a savings account. I have an emergency fund. I'm not going to touch my investments. I'm not looking at selling my house. I don't have a lot of debt, but that doesn't mean I can't lose my job. And that still in and of itself is a very scary thing. Make yourself as valuable to your employer as possible during times like these, because when times like these turn around, it will create great opportunities for you if you're positioned well. So if you're thinking about getting that extra certification or you're thinking about taking on that extra responsibility or thinking about now's the time to do it, make yourself irreplaceable so that you're not the first one on the chopping block. Yeah, those are great pieces of advice, and that's what you get at Aptus Wealth Management, not just financial advice, but those are things you can do that don't cost you anything, that just require maybe a little bit more attention to detail, and times like this can be productive if it causes you to rethink some things and do, as Josh said, a checkup. They would be more than happy to meet with you with no obligation. That's what the free consultation is for. Set it up online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. 
You can also set it up by phone at 614-917-1040. Tell your friends about the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. And Josh also joins me on the Bruce Hooley Show at 12.30 p.m. every Monday for our Money Monday segment, where we can react uh, more with more immediacy to the latest news and headlines regarding your retirement and building wealth toward retirement. So I'm sure that when people talk to you, they say, like, I'm getting murdered and my portfolio's down, as my friend a week ago told me it's down $450,000. How do I stop the bleeding? There are ways, you know, we've talked about various aspects. People think of diversification as buying, you know, some stocks, some bonds, some whatevers. But you uh, went through an illustration on the show recently where you can diversify your risk maybe with some new options that are out there for people where they can get a guaranteed return that may not ride as high as the market or your losses won't be as big as the market. So it's a good time for people to take stock of where they are because we can get comfortable comfortable. And sometimes when you're comfortable, you're that's just a nice way of saying that you're gotten a little bit lazy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We talk about all these things like, well, make sure you don't leave the market, make sure you hold tight. But the reality is the market isn't for everybody. You know, just like playing football isn't for everybody. And, you know, some people like tennis, right? It's not for everybody. And it doesn't mean just because you don't like football or you don't like the stock market that you can't achieve your goals. There are other options. And there's only, I've said this a million times, there's only one thing worse than having no money in the stock market to hedge against inflation. And that is putting your money in the stock market, but not really having the understanding, the acumen or the stomach for it. And then selling after you've lost a bunch of money only to be frozen even further. Uh, You're stuck in your boots in the mud. You can't do anything. There are alternatives. Now, those alternatives, quite frankly, will not perform as well as the stock market in the long run. But if I said that the stock market averaged eight and these averaged six, you might be okay with that. That's just fine. And uh, I guess just a a heads up over the weekend um, and into next week, we're going to consistently try and post uh, on the YouTube channel you know, a further explanation with some graphic charts, because it's kind of hard to understand this stuff over the over the radio sometimes without the graphic to support it. But, you know, what are some options that you could do right now to make sure you stay invested, uh, to make sure you still have upside potential, but you eliminate some of that fear? And there's several options, but one of the best ones uh, is going to an insurance company and saying, I'd like to buy some sort of buffer against the downside risk. You know, we insure our home, um, I don't know if you've ever had a house burned down. I, I never have. But I have I've been not. paying homeowners. Yeah. But I've been paying homeowners insurance forever. Sure. Uh, I'm one of the fortunate few that have never filed a, an insurance claim on an automobile in my life. But I've had insurance for a really long time. And why do I have that? Peace of mind, comfort. So in times like these, peace of mind and comfort might be of value to you. What does that look like? Uh, obviously, contact our office and find out what current rates are. But I'll give you an example. Uh, if the market were to go down from here another 10%, if you feel like that would be the tipping point for me, I would panic and I would finally stop my losses and sell out, which if you're thinking that you're not alone, that's important to note that although I say you should stay the course, not everyone will. Mm -hmm. So if you had an option to protect yourself against the first 20% of loss from this point forward, and in exchange for that, if the market went the other direction, you were able to grab 10 or maybe even 15% of that, But if it went up 50, you would only get 10 or 15. Is that a fair exchange for you? I would rather prevent further losses knowing that I'm capping my gains a little bit or maybe a lot bit. We don't know. But I would be 
very happy with 13% on the upside, but I would be catastrophically devastated if I lost 20 on the downside. If I could protect myself against that, I would be fine. Is that a better option than putting it in the bank earning 1%? Uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious there. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Does this mean that we're going into one of those traditional annuities where we're locking it up for a really long period of time and the expenses are exorbitant and all the things that you hear about? Absolutely not. You're locking it up for one year, and the fees that I just talked about are the fees. So it's important to note that there's alternatives, and we can talk about more in the future, but um, there, all are, there are other things you can be doing other than just crossing your fingers and being scared. So take advantage of the opportunity to have this conversation with Josh and his team in person, set up your consultation. Also, I would highly encourage you to go to his YouTube channel, search Josh pick finance, and you'll find some of these concepts illustrated, not just with words, but with charts. And so you understand it. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think it'll make a lot of sense to you. They're not going to force you into one product over another. The thing I love about the consultation was that I began to understand concepts in greater detail, and when you have an understanding, you have a peace of mind. And boy, at this time, with the markets as volatile as they are and with something as precious as our wealth that we've worked for and the retirement that we've worked toward, peace of mind is invaluable. Aptus Wealth Management, 614-917-1040. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. You are listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. You want to arrive at retirement without any surprises, and that requires you to be armed with information. That's what they're about at Aptus Wealth Management, helping you understand why things are happening to mitigate your risk. I'd highly suggest you get your free consultation by setting it up online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, or doing it on the phone at 614 917 1040. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, but they do a lot of their work remotely with clients all around the United States. So do not let that be an impediment to getting with Josh Pick and his team at Aptus Wealth Management. So let me take you back to when I started making what I thought was money that I could afford to save for retirement, Josh. And I'm in my uh, mid to late 20s, and I thought, hey, man, I'd like to retire at 50 or 55. I think every young person thinks that. Now that I'm much, much closer to that date, I realize that back in my late 20s, mid-20s, I didn't think about a couple of things that for me as a father are looming major expenses, college for my kids, and end-of-life care. Those are two things that I didn't build into my retirement. Uh, Do you have those conversations with clients? Do you find that they're planning for those kinds of things, or are there some major expenses that people don't contemplate as they consider retirement? The the concept, the mere concept of retirement changes over time. I'm sure if we were having this conversation back somewhere around 1929, the concept of retirement would include things like food and shelter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward to today and retirement includes things like I want to make sure that I can golf and go on the vacations that I want to go on in the right places. And we're not so much in general, our ideology of what retirement is, is that it's the brochure for retirement that you get from, you know, the insurance company sure. that says, look, there's these two beautiful people walking along the beach enjoying their their, their martini. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. A lot of the things that we want to plan for, we might not even be able to forecast. Who would have thought that college prices would go up at the clip that they have? Mm. Um, you know, they've gone up at, at least double the rate of inflation, and so has long-term care costs, which is that end-of-life health care planning. So could you have planned for that back then? Maybe. 
You uh, really have had to be a visionary, I think. I, I mean, my college education, four years at a state school cost me $10,000. That won't even cover half of one year now. No, I mean, it used to be that you could work for the summer, come back in the fall, and pay for your own college. Now that's just simply insurmountable. Now, does that mean that you couldn't have planned anything for that? Even if you could have, would you? If I would have told you when you were 29 years old, you realize that end-of-life care is going to cost you a lot of money, and we should probably start purchasing long-term care policies are far cheaper now than they will be later. There's no way I could have convinced you to do that. No. And sometimes timing is everything, right? I try and convince single people with no kids all the time to buy a term life insurance policy, and I, I try and convince them to do it. Because you can get in your 20s a 30-year term life insurance policy cheaper than you can buy a 20-year term life insurance policy in your 30s. Mm. And what if, God forbid, you you know, 28 years old, you have a kid, and at 29 you get diagnosed with MS. Well, now you can't get life insurance. So you better get it before you need it. But that's a hard sale. Who wants to buy pay for something they don't even need? I'd much rather go buy that new Apple Watch, right? Sure. So some of it just comes down to timing. But I think it does point to some serious concerns. Now, what we can do, if you're a little late to the game, let's just use, for example, the you know, the long-term care conversation that you had. Is it just throw your arms up in the air and there's nothing we can do? Absolutely not. There's things that we can do always to improve your situation. What would that mean? Well, let's look at today's market environment and say, um, what, are some, what are some benefits we can take away from what's going on right now? And I promise I'm going to circle back around and explain this with long-term care. But uh, first, let's talk about, actually, let me rephrase. Let's step back to long-term care. There's two ways you can pay for it. Way number one, you pay for it until you go broke. Way number two, you buy a life insurance policy that maybe don't really want to pay for, so you Mm -hmm. don't do it. And then I guess there is a way number three, and that's through trust work. The problem with trust work and making yourself look broke so that Medicaid picks up the tab, but you still have your assets available to you, is those dollars have to be non-qualified, which means they cannot be in an IRA. You have to pay the taxes on them before they go into the trust. And you have to do it in a certain amount of time. So let's think about how terrible the market is right now. What are some advantages we could do right now? Well, if you had a million dollars and now you only have $750,000, you still have the same amount of shares of whatever investment you had, right? So if we just look at the amount of shares, you can convert more shares from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA right now. Well, when the market rebounds, then you'll have more of your assets in a non-taxable scenario versus a taxable scenario. Now, fast forward and you go, well, I never bought that long-term care insurance policy that I really should have bought, but now I'm stuck. Is it easier for you to move money you've already paid taxes on into a trust to now protect it? Well, yes. So what did we do? We made the best of a bad situation, right? And there's, there's a million ways that you can do that over time. So all is not lost. There's always improvements that can be made. But you're always going to have these scenarios where you go, man, I wish I would have thought of that. And there's no way you could have. Just deal the hand that you're dealt today and make the best of what you can. Yeah, those are great ideas, great suggestions. And the uh, practical information is what I loved about the consultation with Josh and the Aptus Retirement Blueprint team. Go to Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com, 614-917-1040. So is there such a thing as a to-do list? For someone who's 60 years old, retirement is mm, five to seven years away. Is the to-do list different for someone who's 50? Or do market conditions dictate the to-do list? It never changes. I just kind of wonder. I think there are a lot of people out there. At, I think you really start to think about retirement, certainly by the time you're 50. 60, it's 
really on the horizon where you can see it. And I think it'd be useful for people to know what they should be thinking about when they hit those ages. Yeah, I mean, there's to-do lists all along the way. Uh, For example, your to-do list, the first time you get a job, should be start saving uh, and save aggressively and ignore market fluctuations, et cetera. But let's fast forward to the time where it feels a little bit more like crunch time. Now we're in our 50s, 60s. What do we need to be worried about? Uh, I know we've talked about this before on the show, but sequence of return risk is huge. And the concept of sequence of return risk and sequence of returns is literally just the order in which you receive the returns. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it in in a... an account, and you say, well, I've averaged 8% per year. But let's say we look at 10 years ahead from today, and we look back and we say, well, I averaged 8% a year. But remember that 2022 where we were down 24%? Well, imagine if you retired at the end of 2021, and you said, I'm retiring because I have a million dollars, and now I have $750,000. Can I stay retired, or should I be looking for another job? Yeah. That risk that you're talking about is the sequence of return risk. The risk is I I enter retirement, get punched in the face as soon as I walk out the door. How do we conquer that? That becomes more and more valuable the closer and closer you get to retirement. And I would say you really want to start focusing on that five years out. Um, You know, is five the perfect number? Well, I guess it all depends on the sequence of returns, right? You should be starting to focus on that maybe even more prior to that. But what can we do? Well, if, if you've just kind of closed your eyes and invested in the stock market purely, had no bonds, very little diversification amongst different asset classes, you just said, I bought the S&P 500 and I've held it for the last 30 years. You've been handsomely rewarded for that. And the volatility, as long as you kept your eyes closed, did not have any impact on you. As you get closer and closer to retirement, I too often, unfortunately, have heard people say when they come into my office, I planned on retiring at the end of this year, but now I'm not going to because of the stock market. That should not be a concern for you if you planned correctly. If you planned correctly, you understand that you've limited that risk, and you've limited that risk by having your income bucket for your immediate needs, your income bucket for your intermediate-term needs, and then you have your long-term, more volatile-type investments. So, you know, I would say the to-do list is as soon as possible, but if you're within 10 years, you should be talking to somebody if you don't know exactly what you're doing. Aptus Wealth Management, ready to talk to you. The consultation is free, 614-917-1040. Aptus Wealth website is aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S. Make use of Josh's YouTube channel to digest these concepts more easily, not just the words. It is also with charts and graphs and things that are illustrated for you so you can gain a greater understanding. Search Josh Pick Finance on YouTube and subscribe to his channel. The Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show airs at 7 p.m. Friday, 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Do a friend a favor, tell them about the show, and they can get more information about their own retirement situation because everybody has worked and hopes to receive in their uh, golden years a time when they don't have to worry about some of the things that we worry about when we're working 40-hour weeks and paying the bills and sending our kids to school and all that. If you work toward that and you have a plan toward that, Aptus Retirement can help you with that. Aptus Blueprint, get it, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Because of the volatility in the markets, are people rethinking retirement? Have you had people say those kinds of things to you? I was going to retire at the end of 2022, but you know, inflation has essentially rendered my... 12-month income now only good enough to cover 11 months of expenses under the old non-inflationary time. I mean, your your income 
you make about 8% of your income every month. So if inflation is 8%, you know, you've got about a month less of income. So are people saying, hmm, I was going to, but I'm going to keep working? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, particularly people that weren't already clients of mine, they have that fear. Because remember, when we go through our blueprint process, we strain the system already. So we've already run calculations as if we went into a hyperinflation type scenario. So this isn't a shock or it doesn't derail your plan because we've already run different kind of scenarios mm -hmm. to say, well, this is best case, worst case, and then the average case. So, you know, although I would say my clients are still concerned because you can't avoid that 24-hour news cycle that tells you everything's awful all the time. You can't avoid going to the grocery store and seeing that things are getting a lot more expensive. Sometimes it takes meetings with us to kind of talk people off the ledge. And, and that's part of our job. Part of our job is taking fear and funneling that down to what is the reality. Because sometimes the, you know, the monster under the bed is scarier than the one that's actually standing in front of you. So it's my job to make sure you're wearing the right glasses to see the right movie, right? But um, I think people in general, and I'm probably going to take this in a direction that maybe you weren't expecting. I think people in general are rethinking retirement altogether. Prior to this, uh, I have been a, a firm believer and advocate that we should no longer even call it retirement. The days of I've worked for the same company my entire career, that company's taken care of me, and now I'm getting a pension, and I'm drifting off into the sunset with my gold watch, those days are dead. Yeah. Those are gone. Um, for the most part, not for everybody, but for a large percentage of us who maybe used to have to swing a hammer or do a manual labor job, we're simply... Your body won't hold up forever to be able to do those jobs. Well, for a lot of people in this country, you're not swinging a hammer anymore, and it's really not that hard to sit in a chair. As a matter of fact, when you're tired, you're probably just going to sit in a chair doing something else. Yeah. So you might as well continue to work. I think what we should be calling it is financial independence. So the rethinking of retirement has gone from, I'm going to quit this job and never do another job, to I'm going to quit, to quit this job and do a different job that I enjoy more, not for the money but inherently will still generate some form of money. So people are trying to get to the point where I needed to make this $100,000 a year to raise my family or do whatever. And man, I wish I could take this job that unfortunately pays $25,000 a year, but would provide me a sense of well-being and purpose and all those things. That is what retirement is really morphing into. Uh, I have very few people that are just doing nothing. They're doing something. And it's not playing golf six hours a day every day. Uh, that turns into a job in and of itself if you do the same thing every day. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, that's that's the thing. I, I do love your concept of financial independence is that you do what you want to do and you put yourself in a position to do what you want to do. And I get it. Uh, this is a volatile time when you hear things like you mentioned on the news every day, highest inflation in 40 years, market down, this, that, and the other. I think there's a general kind of encouragement to be pessimistic out there. But what I found when I came in with my wife is that I left feeling better than I expected to feel leaving. And I would think that one of the real benefits of being successful with people's retirement, helping them understand the concepts, is that that's, in my estimation, probably something that happens quite often is once people come in and really understand that, oh, there are ways that I can diversify. There are ways I can mitigate my risk. There are ways I can feel a little bit better about what I thought was a catastrophic situation coming in. And now that I understand it, it doesn't feel quite so bad. Um, do you find that people's pessimism is largely related to um, a lack of information that maybe they didn't know that there are some ways here that this doesn't have to be 
the end of your plan, whatever your plan was before? I think there's a tremendous amount of pessimism in general, but at the same time, if you just think of the human psyche, it makes sense. Uh, we like to be in control, right? And when we're out of control, <laughs> we we feel like, well, how are we going to influence the impact of this? And and what is investing really? It's a passive income generating philosophy. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to. You're not working at Coca Cola. You're investing in Coca Cola and hoping Coca Cola does a good job. But what control do you have over that? None. Nothing really. None. So when the market goes down, you feel out of control and you're trying to grasp some control back. So how can we um, add some semblance of comfort to that? What's well, through education, right? It's the education of this is what's happened throughout history. These are some changes that we could have made throughout history in times like these that we're going to make today that while it will not necessarily prevent us from losing anything, it is the best decision that we can make in the long run. So, for example, uh, I told you about the Buffett strategy. That may be the thing that you need to do to make you feel comfortable enough that you have some semblance of control to stay the course. If that's the case, then you should do that. I actually got a text from a, a client that I met uh, just uh, this week who's uh, um, – uh, not met him this week, but we met for the final appointment this week. He's going to end up becoming a client. And uh, he sent me a text last night and he said, uh, I'm so thankful that you talked to me about all of the different strategies, not just what you thought made the most sense, but you gave me the option to pick amongst different investment strategies that I thought made sense and that I was okay with and that were palatable for me. And on top of that, he says, when you, in this really long text, he said, I'm glad through the education process I knew my choices, but as I was a business owner in the past, I'm thinking about how beneficial it is for you that you don't have people calling all the time panicked because they actually know why they're doing what they're doing. And that's the whole purpose of this process. Um, I don't know how you feel when you go get your car worked on, but I don't know the first thing about cars. If you ever see me on the side of the road with the hood of my car up, just try to block the sun while I wait for the, for the, for the tow truck. I have no idea. And as a result, every time I go get my car fixed, I feel inherently like I'm, I'm getting screwed some yeah, way, right? Because sure. I don't know what they're fixing. They come out with bolts, and I don't know why right. they're what. Would you feel better if you walked back with them? Now, you don't want to put in this kind of time, but you walked back with them, and you watched them working on the car, and they explained everything they were doing and why it was the way that it was. You of would course. feel like, well, that makes sense. That's cracked. I can see it's cracked, so we obviously need to fix the crack. But that's not the way it is, so you feel like you're getting screwed. I'm giving you an opportunity to go back in the mechanics bay and we will look through your car and I will explain to you what's broken about it and how to fix it. Great illustration. That makes total sense. You're right. I am going to require my mechanic to take me back there and show me why he had to replace those seals. Aptus Retirement, uh, work toward it. AptusWealth.com, 614-917-1040. Josh's YouTube channel, Josh Pick Finance. Search that. Located in Lewis Center, just a little bit north of 23 and 270, right off Route 750. And you know, that, that kind of understanding reminds me of what I've always been told is a way to deal with sudden, maybe not catastrophic, but let's say catastrophic situations in your life. Uh, not financial, but personal. You have uh, death of a spouse. You have a business partner who absconds with half your business. Something catastrophic happens, rocks your world. And what I've always heard is you just have to... Stay in there, weather the storm. Don't make any dramatic decisions right away. You you obviously have to change. Your life has changed. It's 
it's a change that you're going to have to learn to deal with, but don't overreact. And I wonder as you steer people through this inflationary time and this unsettled time in the market, if you find that they can gain a great deal of peace of mind from some adjustments that might not be all really all that radical, but it just allows them to feel like, okay, I've responded in a logical fashion to something that before I came in and met and gained the information that you just shared with me, I was ready to do something really dramatic and, and perhaps maybe really foolish. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you got to walk, you got to crawl before you, before you, you, you walk and you got to walk before you run. And I'll give you an example of that. Uh, I had a client that came into a windfall. Um, he was part of a company that got bought out and at a relatively young age, uh, in his mid forties, he got a payout of about 6 million bucks and it locked him up. He wouldn't do anything. He said, well, we're in this catastrophic market. I'm not going to invest now. I'm not going to be in a position where I have $6 million and then I have $3 million and panic. And, you know, this is life altering money for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. So he's been sitting in cash for the last six months. Now, in retrospect, genius, right? He hasn't lost a nickel in the last six months. But when he called me, he said, I don't know what to do. And you could, you could feel the panic. And this is a good friend of mine. I said, slow down. Just slow down. You have another, you're 45 years old. You have another 45 years potentially to live. One year isn't going to change your entire life. Just slow down. And ultimately, the decision that we just came to was, let's crawl before we walk and walk before we run. Let's do a little bit of a buffer strategy just to try and keep up with inflation over the next 12 months. We'll reevaluate. Maybe we'll start dollar cost averaging Mm -hmm. in just a little bit. But we're not saying six million bucks, go. We're saying of the six million, let's start doing something with a few million of that. And that's, you know, I think that's great advice in everything. If you're, you know, how many times in your life have you seen somebody who goes, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is the one, it might be the one, but I'm going to get married anyway and we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure yeah, it that, out Yeah, that works out great. No, not right? usually. Not usually. So slow down. If it's the one and you're 25 years old and you're planning on living with this person for the rest of your life, I don't think 25 to 26 should change anything. Same thing occurs with your, with your money. So yeah, the dollar cost averaging makes perfect sense to me because you're buying in incrementally. Sometimes you're going to pay higher price, lower price, whatever. But the idea is that you're buying, you know, kind of on a schedule. So you build in some buffer, one of our favorite words here on the show this week, about mitigating your risk. Um, Stock market's down. Doesn't mean you're not smart to get in it at all. You mentioned earlier in the show Value stocks, growth stocks, is there a sector that's better than another? What's the difference between a value stock and a growth stock? How do you characterize them? Yeah, so simply put, if you look at the S&P 500, which is the biggest 500 companies in the United States, it's divided pretty equally. It's called a blend fund between value and growth stocks. And the easiest way to define between the two, in general, there's anomalies, of course, is that value stocks pay a dividend. And the reason they pay a dividend is you look at a company like Coca-Cola. They manufacture a lot of cans of drinks. Yes. You know, they're all over the board, right? So as they're manufacturing those, how many more drinks can they come up with every single year? I mean, they have R&D. They're trying to come up with sure. the next popular thing, but they can't. So they're making more money than they're spending on new stuff. They pay that out to the shareholders that own stocks in the form of a dividend. That's a value company. So value companies in general are kind of the uh, older, stodgier companies that have a pretty big barrier to entry as far as you know, trying to compete against them would be very difficult. They probably have a lot of patents, and they're generating a lot of cash. Growth companies, on the other hand, 
easiest one to describe would be Tesla. I don't think that Elon Musk will ever run out of ideas. And his theory is rather than paying out a dividend, we would be better off taking any cash we make and reinvesting it back into new ideas because our new ideas will be so smart, it'll raise the stock price up. Now, which one's better than the other? Because you would think, well, one's called growth and one's called value. I'd want to be in growth, not value, because it sounds like it's going to grow faster. And actually, over the last 50 or 60 years, that hasn't been the case. Values actually beat growth. But that doesn't tell the story either. Then you say, I want to be a value investor like Warren Buffett, who's probably the most famous value investor of all time. If he is the famous, famous Mm -hmm. value investor of all time. But there are different time periods where different ones do better. There are different market conditions where different ones do better. For example, in general, growth companies do really, really well when interest rates are really, really low because they have all these great ideas. They can borrow money on the cheap. And they can go invest them into their companies. Whereas value companies typically don't need to go borrow a lot of money. So when interest rates go up, value companies do better. So you say, all right, we're going to run it by value companies. Not so fast. Um, It depends on a lot of different market conditions. But the important takeaway here is uh, you need to be diversified and you need to know what you're doing. So get with a team that does. Aptus Wealth Management, 614-917-1040. Set up the free consultation. Do it on the web, aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh Pick, search him on YouTube, Josh Pick Finance. Get these concepts demonstrated to you in easily digestible doses. And mark your calendar to join us for Money Monday on 98.9 The Answer, 1230 Monday afternoon. And also listen to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show tomorrow afternoon, the replay, 2 p.m., Saturdays, 2 p.m., Fridays, 7 o'clock. Thanks so much for your time and attention. Everybody have a great weekend. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.